All right, welcome back. The Audible's on the air. Kim Bocamp or John Kajemi with you. John Kajemi is over there. I'm over here. <laughs> Logan McCall's in the middle. We're like cross town, cross state, cross everywhere. We're still, we're still together, together though. We're still together. We're still in uh, still in one piece and still still chopping along each and every week. And John, it's been a uh, as we expected last week in the podcast. Uh, th- this has been a very inter- well. It's been a very interesting week for for a lot of different reasons, but certainly from our standpoint, uh, from the Miami Dolphins and what's going on around the National Football League and free agency, uh, it's just what you expected when. Uh, the, the tampering period began, which I believe was what on Monday was yes. the, when the tampering period began. Uh, before we get into that, though, uh, John, I think it's it's I think it's incumbent on us to kind of stand firm with everybody on this coronavirus and and what everybody's doing. Take every precaution that you can and wash your hands, stay out of groups, doing all those types of things. And and uh, you know, John, it's funny because, like I said, I, I mean, I'm I'm sitting in my my house, I'm sure you're at your place, and Logan. Right. You know, I don't, I don't know where Logan's at. Logan, Logan might be the only guy sitting in that in that office back there. But um, you know, it's 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 just it's it's a way of life right now. It's the way it is, and uh, and and you know the you know the the the, the intrusions that come along with this for us and for everybody else are are meaningful to everybody, and they're different for everybody. You know, some, well, it people is. Can't tra- some people can't travel. Some people can't go to work. Some people have lost their jobs. Other people are, are in, in businesses where they're still going active. And, and, and uh, but, but the one thing is everybody's trying to distance themselves from everybody and, and try to give this thing an opportunity to uh, to run its course, which is, I think, is really at this point, you know, really all we can do. Yeah, it is. It. It's all we can do. The all normalcy of life has really kind of taken – uh, the brakes and, and jammed it through the floorboard because mm-hmm. everybody's changing the way they do things on a on a daily basis, and you just don't get up and have a cup of coffee and go to work. Uh, you're kind of getting up, having a cup of coffee, and working from home and trying to do as much as you can from home. And you know, there's been certain instances where I'm sure that people have been able to get out of the house and walk around and maybe go into the office for an hour or two where you're not having you know, more than groups of 10 or 12 or eight people around each other and you're, you're getting stuff done. But what is really, it has really flipped uh, your daily way of life on its head and everybody has to adjust for the time being. And I think people are, are heeding that, you know, uh, you you go to Publix when you can to get things and necessities and you're trying to get your information from any news agency you can. And it seems like after a while, you got to turn that off as well and just kind of be on your own and kind of keep your quarters and keep your sanity and keep going because it's just been a a tough way of life over the last couple of weeks. And I'm sure it's going to continue, but hopefully you can use us as an outlet to be able to talk about, what you felt like happened uh, with your favorite football team or, or keeping up to date on, on things that are going around in our community, because it's, it's sure been different for all of us. Yeah. And, you know, yesterday really was the day where, uh, or well, for, for Wednesday at four o'clock was the, the, the beginning of the league year, which anticipated that you were going to have, you know, typically uh, on a, in a situation like this, it, it would be the day where, you know, Brian Jones, Kyle Van Noy, Shaq Lawson, they would all be, at the training camp, you know, at some point, uh, you know, speaking in front of everybody and the media and everything. But now that, they, you know, these guys, they, they can't fly them around. Well, I'm not sure if they can or can't fly them around. I think you probably put them on a private jet, didn't you? But, you know, it's getting physicals taken care of before you sign your contract. All those things have, have kind of uh, supplanted the normal course of business with this. And, and so you're still kind of waiting for, things to become official. I think they're as official as they can be for what we know and for what the rest of the you know NFL public that, that wants to keep up with this stuff knows. But until, until things are signed, they're not signed, John. Right, right. You're exactly right. Thank goodness, you know, the new CBA agreement was able to get pushed yeah. through and be able to have that for 10 years. And, you know, I'm sure the, the players, it was a tight vote. It might have been one football team full of votes that decided uh, to pass it. And, and now you have 60, 60 players, right? Right, right. 60 exactly. votes separated the collective bargaining agreement and, and 10 years of labor peace uh, from from being in places it is now to 
to what I would assume was going to be pretty chaotic with new leadership going in to the NFLPA, a new president there who may have a different agenda, other people on the board. So I think, I think, I think certainly labor peace for 10 years was an important thing to happen uh, over this weekend. I think Sunday, I think Saturday at midnight was when all the votes had to be in. And, and then soon on Sunday, you found out that it passed. And, and, you know, I know there are people that are, uh, you know, that, that are not a hundred percent happy with it, but I think for the, I think, especially with what's going on now, John, if, if they didn't come to labor peace and all of a sudden everything blows up in the midst of this uh, coronavirus that we're in, boy, it would have made a lot of people a little, just a little more on edge than they are right now. Well, I'm sure that spouses around the National Football League wouldn't <laughs> have felt as secure, uh, you know, with all the other things to worry yeah. about. But but you do. You have labor peace for 10 years. The, the players are going to get a bigger share of the total revenue. I, I think eventually within a year, you're going to get seven playoff teams in each conference. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, and we were speaking, you know, personally, because you have a, an invested interest in this. You know, improvement of benefits, you know, yeah. for, for guys that have retired and changes in the drug policy, adding a potential 17th game in, in a year from now and uh, bigger practice squads and salary and, and adding a roster spot. Uh, so there's a lot of things that really were good about this agreement. I'm glad that, uh, you know, the CBA agreement was was reached and you have 10 years of not worrying about it. And we can, you know, once we get back to, to football, once we get back to daily uh, normal, you know, life uh, as an American, really, and around the world, uh, you're going to be able to to enjoy this because I, I think that you know, obviously, better things are on the horizon, and hopefully, we can just get through this this bad, really bad stretch uh, for the world. Yeah, well, let's get get let's get into it a little bit here with the Dolphins' free agency. They got ten free agents uh, signed or or you know uh, that. Are, agreed to contracts. Yeah, trying to figure out the terminology are in are in flux, but they're in dolphin flux. Let's put it that way. They're they're, they're not done, but they're but they're done, type of thing. And, and so, John, when you take a look at it, let's run down the list of the guys. And certainly, Brian uh, Byron Jones, the the cornerback, five years, eighty two million, coming from Dallas. Boy, John, that that you know you know one of the things we talked about, John, last week, the week before, was the amount of uh, the amount of holes that this team needed to plug in, the holes that they needed to fill. And you look at these 10 guys, boy, and, and John, I, I just feel like they plug a lot of holes, which really is going to enhance your opportunities when you go into the draft, starting with Byron Jones, a safety, I mean, a cornerback. You put him uh, opposite uh, X on the other side, and John, hard to argue that you're going to have one of the most talented pair of cornerbacks in the National Football League roaming the field out there. Well, it should be fun. It shouldn't be fun for opposing quarterbacks yep. facing the Miami Dolphins now because, as you said, if you have Xavier Howard on one side and Byron Jones on the other and you've got Eric Rowe, Bobby McCain, maybe Nick Needham and yep. down the middle, you're looking pretty good. You're looking a lot better than where the Dolphins were uh, not too long ago. So you add a guy that's only 27 years old, uh, he's going to get a ton of money, uh, you know, between him and X, the two highest yep. paid corners in the National Football League. But you get an athletic cornerback. And I think that's really what Byron Jones brings to the Miami Dolphins. You get a competitive athletic corner. And he really burst on the scenes when he went to the combine out of UConn. When, he, you know, after his senior year, he jumped, you know, through Lucas Oil Stadium. He jumped over, every, you know, past everybody else. He ran faster. He did all these things. And he made himself into one of those guys that you have to take a second look at. And then when you match the tape and what he's done over his first five years, the ball doesn't go in his direction a whole lot. You don't see a lot of interceptions. And that's really not because Byron Jones you know, isn't a quality, quality player. He just hadn't had the opportunities. And he plays well, a lot of man-to-man. -man. And, and you know, with the Dolphins playing a high percentage of man-to-man. -man. I think they were fourth in the National Football League last yeah. year in terms of running man-to-man. -man. This is a guy that can do that, and you put two guys on an island, boy, it sure makes the pass rush that much better. No doubt. And, and one of you, know, along that lines, we had some uh, some releases during the week. Rashad Jones, 10 years, 113 starts, uh, 10 and a half sacks, 21 picks during his career, and and really a, you know, really a guy that, that was a, you know, a, a, a standout for a football team 
over uh, over over a ten year period that didn't have many standouts, and he and he certainly was consistent in what he did. So you lose Rashad Jones, uh, Evan Brown, uh, center guard is out. Uh, Rashad uh, Kasi is out. Chidi uh, Oiki. Uh, some of these names are, are a little rough on me. T.J. Ramming, uh, Mike Hall, who failed his physical. Kendrick Norton, uh, who lost his arm in an automobile accident last night. He was uh, or put on the uh, injured uh, non-football injury uh, list. So you, you lost those guys. And and I bring it up kind of along with talking about Brian Jones or Byron Jones is because you know you've got you, you look at the Dolphins secondary now, John. And, you know, you have Bobby McCain, who's played a lot of that safety position, strong safety, free safety, nickel slot guy. But he's also played a lot of corners, a lot of corner. But then you've got a lot of other corners. You know, you, you look at it and you talk about coverage, uh, not only for the Dolphins, but in the National Football League, the way the game is being played right now. And you're starting to see it. And, and I agree with a shift from, you know, that that. That's that typical T.J. McDonald safety, or you know, that, that's going to come up to the line of scrimmage, or or, or like Rashad Jones used to play. I don't think you're going to see that much anymore, and a lot of that has to do, I believe, with what the Dolphins have done their linebacker core and the pass rushing side. But I think John, the secondary now is going to be filled from corner to corner with safeties in between, with a lot of guys that are more cornerbacks than safeties. A lot of guys that can run. A lot of yeah. guys that can find the football. And I think you have to have that athleticism on the field in terms of, you know, defending opposing quarterbacks that are throwing the football a lot more. And it's it's more of the check down. It's more of the, the third down back. How, how do you match up? Why would you want a linebacker that maybe is at a disadvantage running with a guy when you can add another defensive back that played corner that has the skill set to play inside and run with either a tight end or a running back or a slot? So I think the Miami Dolphins are changing the way that they're going to attack opposing offenses with the body type of of a more athletic defender. Now, whether he plays corner, safety, linebacker, I think you get into that you get into that speed in those matchups. And I think, quite frankly, that's where Coach Flores wants to be with his defense. And by the moves that he made, other than Byron Jones, you're going to get into those, I'm sure. But those are matchups that are Guys that have flexibility, guys that can do multiple things, yep. and you can plug and play with a lot of different combinations now on defense. Yeah, and a lot of those guys, when you look at the the secondary, when you look at the linebackers, and you know they they can all cover, they can all run, they can all cover, which I think is you know in the direction that this league is going, the way the game's playing now. You know, the more cover guys you get, you know that those those big physical, you know, plug in the hole linebackers that they're becoming they're, you know they're they're going by way of the fullback you know right you're, you're right give, give me those give me those smaller give me those guys that are you know and take uh, you know the, the other guy the other kid that they signed uh, kyle van noy who really been one of my favorite guys since i watched him in new england because uh, every time i turn around up there or every time you played new england it just seemed like this damn guy was making a play on it. <laughs> you're right you know and, and no matter where he was whether he was rushing the passer whether he was in coverage whether it was a run defender I mean, this guy was just always making plays. So, you know, I know I, I, know I mentioned him, I think, last week or the week before, that type of guy. And, and I'm, I tell you, it's one of those things where I'm like, I'm glad he's on our team now and, and, and not their team because I got tired of watching him beat the shit out of us uh, when, when we played against him. So he's four years, $51 million. And, and, and oh, by the way, John, these dollar numbers, you know, are, are you know, when, when I came into the league, I, I, you know, when I came into the league, I was, a, I was a 19th player picked in the draft. Uh, as a first round pick, 19th player picked in the draft, and I got a $63,000 signing bonus, and my rookie contract was for $36,000. Yes. And I, and I walked into the Dolphins locker room in 1976. This was just three years after they had, they had won their second Super Bowl and been to their third straight Super Bowl, and I walked in that locker room. With that, with that pay package, $63,000 bonus, $36,000 salary, and guys were, t- were looking at me going, I can't, how can they pay you that much money? You haven't even played it down in this league. The guys, <laughs> there, there were guys in that locker room at that time, John, that were making $18,000 a year. Man. And, and, and look at the numbers now. And, and look, I mean, you just, you, I mean, you know, you look it's at the, staggering. I, I, well, I, you know, I look at Jordan Phillips, you know, Jordan Phillips, who, 
Would he you get know, three for 30? Three for 30. For 30 million? Yeah. Like $10 million a year for the guy. Yeah. You know, he gets thrown out of every other game. You know? <laughs> but, exactly. Uh, oh, my gosh. I mean, you know, when you look at the numbers, they're just staggering the numbers that are dropping in these guys' laps right now. Well, you know what? In in the terms of, of Kyle Van Noy, you're right. I'm glad we could finally root for this guy because he's still young at 28 years old. Yep. Um, you know, he's still – he's a team captain. You know, you look you look around at free agency, and sometimes you think, Bo, that, yeah, you're, you've got to overpay for some guys. But yeah. when I look at this list, I mean, heck, there's two guys – in Gruje Hill and, and Fedulum, they were both like special teams captains on their respective teams. Yeah. You get a guy like Kyle Van Noy, who was a team captain. You Yesterday, you signed Landon Roberts, who was a team captain, who plays multiple positions, now for the Miami Dolphins instead of the New England Patriots. Yeah. Boy, you're getting some players that, that are quality guys that their teammates on their respective teams had enough respect at the end of the day to make them captains of either a, a teams or, or their entire football team, and you're getting them all in free agency. I think this, is, this has been a really good job by Chris Greer and his staff and being able to evaluate guys. And, yes, sometimes you have to overpay, but the Miami Dolphins had the money to do that. So you might as well go out and get the best bang for your buck. And when you look at this list, you keep going down it. Shaq Lawson's right there. Yep. I don't think he's yep. even scratched the surface no. playing his best football yet. Well, well, you know, the other thing is when you look at these guys, and I've read numerous articles and, and, and this and that, and, you know, there, you, know, you, know you find a, a random guy that goes, oh, geez, the Dolphins are blowing it again, you know. But for the most part, you look at it, and you look at, and, and all these guys are, they're, they're all getting into the, the heart of their career. It's not like, you know, we're not, you're not getting that guy that's getting You're not getting a 32-year-older or 31-year-older no. that's already played his best football. Yeah, you're getting guys that are in their third, fourth, fifth years and, and they're just kind of coming into their own as far as what they're doing, you know. So it, it's, you know, you, I, I, there's, a, there's a lot to like about this group. Now, having said that, John, they've got to come in and they've got to play the way that this team is, is, is expecting to play. They've got to, each one of these guys has to find their own way to make this team better uh, and not just make the team. I mean, to make the team better. That's kind of been my deal for the last couple of years. And, and, and more importantly, with the draft and with, with these guys. So, so you talk about Van Noy, love the guy. Shaq Lawson, you, you're talking about a guy that had six and a half sacks last year. He gets three years, $30 million. And and it's hard not to like that move. You take a good player away from Buffalo, you put him on your roster in a position of dire need. Shaq yes. Lawson, uh, Emmanuel uh, Ogba, uh, you know, the, the, these Van Noy, guys that can put pressure on the quarterback Boy, what a what a breath of fresh air it's going to have to have some of those guys when you when you when you line up in September and you look out there and you see a number of guys that can that can put pressure on the quarterback as opposed to you know the 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 drought that we went through last year that had 23 sacks worst worst numbers in the league. Yeah, it, it was it was a it was tough to watch at certain times. Quarterbacks stand and pat the football for four or five seconds, mm -hmm. knowing that the Miami Dolphins weren't going to get home, and that meant a long day for the secondary. And now you've got guys like Kyle Van Noy who can get to the quarterback. Shaq Lawson, as you said, six and a half sacks, his best season really last year. Yeah. He had 13 tackles for loss. He's only 25 years old. He has the experience of playing for Marion Hobby, who coached him yeah. at Clemson, who is going to coach him here now with the Miami Dolphins. I, I just think there's a ton of upside with Lawson because you said that that was that position was on life support. You needed an injection of yeah. players that can come in. Now, can Emmanuel Agua can he you know add to the to the mix? You give him a chance. He's only 26 years old. Last year he had five and a half five and a half sacks in only 10 games. He was on IR for most of the season. So now he's going to come back fully healthy. You get him at a bargain, and you and you roll the dice. You, you get more athletes that can rush the passer that have experience in the national football league and you put them on a team with tighter coverage behind them boy it makes them a lot better too bo yeah john one of the other areas that we talked about a lot uh, during this offseason and and and, I, and and i think we talked about it over the last couple of weeks preceding the the free agency period was you're trying to get some offensive linemen in here so that so that when the draft comes you can really go after some of the some of the top players with the number of picks you got 
And, you know, they go out and get Eric Flowers. Now, Eric, the University of Miami guy, uh, where he went to the Giants first, his ninth pick in the draft, I believe, is where he, where he was drafted. Uh, and it just doesn't survive there. You know, and they're moving, playing, they draft him as a tackle and, and really, really a, a disappointing beginning to his career. But, you know, they find they, they move him to guard, left guard. He finds himself a spot. And, and here he is, you know, picking up a nice, a nice little paycheck for himself and, and becoming one of the guys that you're looking at with your offensive line. Now you've got Eric Flowers at left guard. You're assuming that Michael Dieter is going to get the opportunity. And I expect Michael Dieter to, to be a better player than he was last year, more consistent. And then you go out and you go to New England again and pick up Ted Karras right. uh, for, for a year. And so now you look at the middle, you, you, you feel pretty good about the middle of your offensive line. And then if you want to, you, if you want to project out to the right tackle where maybe Jesse Davis would probably get the, going to get the first shot out there. And, and, and you're saying, you know, there's a lot of good tackles coming up in this draft and we need a left tackle right now. Or, you know, you pay you the right tackle, depending on what quarterback you get in the draft, if you do get a quarterback in the draft. But certainly gra- grabbing one of those big time tackles uh, to me has become a, a it was a priority before. Uh, but but you but the priority was well, a center, a guard, a tackle. Now you can concentrate on that tackle spot and go out and grab you a couple, one early, maybe one midway through the draft, and put yourself in a pretty good situation um, where, you know, to me, the ideal thing is if you could get two starters out of the draft and the tackle position and have Jesse Davis, you know, be that guy, be that guy that can, can play multiple positions along the, along the offensive line, boy, what a difference it would make with this offense, with an offensive line like that, if you can get that done through the draft as to where we were last year, where it was, John, you remember, I mean, the first couple, it was like, you know, who, who, you know, I remember he's sitting on the bench before the game while I'm watching guys walk by and go, who's that guy? Well, he's just starting left tackle now, you know? Well, Bo, we couldn't, we had to wait and make sure they walked by us so we could see their nameplate to be able to say who they were, you know, during the pregame show. Well, who was yeah. that, Bo? I don't know. Wait, wait, walks by and we'll be able to tell you. But you're right. Offensive line now, you get Ted Karras, a guy that's played in the National Football League at yeah. a high level, played close to 60 games in his career, uh, played it really well for the New England Patriots. And now you, you, kind of bring in a guy to resurrect you know he he kind of did it himself in 2019 with Washington I'm speaking about Eric Flowers yeah. but he's only 25 years old yeah, yeah he didn't have the start he wanted in New York uh, I'm sure he was highly disappointed I'm sure the Giants were disappointed in what they got after they drafted him I think he was the ninth overall pick yeah. in 2015 yeah. so yeah. now you get a, a guy that has experience at least a year of experience at guard uh, for a team that wasn't lighting it up, but had a little bit of running game with Adrian Peterson in Washington. You get him with the Miami Dolphins. You get him back home. He's a local product, not only at UM, but Miami Norland High School. Yeah. He wants to be in Miami. Hey, give him, give him a chance. Give him a chance to kind of resurrect his deal and get him going because coming out of college, everybody, there was li- guys lined up that said, hey, I'll take a shot at Eric Flowers. You know, but I agree with you, Bo, about the draft. I think the Miami Dolphins... I think they're going to come away with a left and a right tackle, to be yeah. honest with you. I yeah, think, you know, you, you got to take a look at, you know, Werfs from Iowa. You've got Becton from Louisville. You, you've got Thomas, Andrew Thomas from Georgia. You know, there's going to be guys that are going to be around when the Dolphins have a chance to select, uh, you know, Josh Jones from Houston. I, I think the, the, the tackle from USC has been answered yeah. by Austin Jackson. So there's a bunch of guys that are going to be available in the draft. And I think the Miami Dolphins are going to roll the dice twice at offensive line. Might not be all in the first round, but I think you're going to come away with two linemen after their yeah. first five picks. Well, you, you look, I mean, you know, there's a lot of tackles in this draft and then you could go into the third round, you know, and you yes. have multiple picks there. So the, the opportunity is there to really come in with it. And really, I think we talked about it maybe at the end of the season. Said, you know, I wouldn't be surprised this year if you go to draft it and go into the into the into training camp, and the only guy left in your offensive line uh, from last year is Michael Dieter. I mean, from a starting standpoint, and it looks looks like it's looking more and more like that. That may very well be the case. But you know, as, as you're as you're talking about that, John, you know, you, you kind of you're looking at this team now, and 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 you know, 
as you're going through free agency, and they may still pick up another guy or two along the way, but for the most part, the the, the base of that is 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 pretty solid right now. But you know, it 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 it's limiting. You, you've limited your need. You know, so if you look at now, right now, where you sit with these guys, you feel pretty good about your offensive line now because you know you're going to draft at least one tackle, probably two. So right. you can say, okay, you know what? In that in that list of needs, offensive line where it was probably right below quarterback, now it's kind of dropped down to the bottom of the list, right? And it's pushing something else out there. The wide receiver position yes. is is pretty solid. Uh, you know, uh, everyone was talking about uh, Albert Wilson maybe being well. You know, you know, indications so far that maybe hey, well let's 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 keep Albert Wilson around and let's see. If, if, if he can be more of that guy we saw at the end of the season last year than the guy that was fighting to come back from that injury and not playing and, and not playing at the speed level that we're used to seeing him, giving him enough. So, so you feel pretty good, about, pretty good about your wide receiver position. You know, you feel pretty good about your tight end position. You know, you've gone out and you go, you know, the other free agent, the kid from Philly, the running back, Jordan Howard, you'd address right. the running back position. You, you know, we, we talked about, you know, the, the, we kind of like the linebacker position, but then you add a, a Kyle Van Noy, and that adds you. Add, you had a, a Landon Roberts. You know that's another guy. Uh, Gruger Hill. You you add him. Another Campbell. You know. By the way, some of these moms and dads need to start being a little you know a little easier on names for people here. Well, I, I, I like, like I like Byron Jones right away because of he was Byron Jones. <laughs> when I got to Camus <laughs> Rouget Hill, I was a little yeah. confused. Like, whoa, here we go. I know. You know and and Clayton Clayton you know I'm still not sure how to pronounce his name. I, I got you, Bo. I'm here to help because I'm I, I, I gonna do this yesterday in studio. Good, good, good. Clayton good. Fedulum. Fedulum, there you Fedulum. go. Special special teams guy that uh, but 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 so you've checked off a lot of those needs, John. And, you're right. And, and, and so what it does, yeah, you're still sitting here with what are they got? What are they 14, 15 picks now after compensatory? Yes. We're, 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 but so, 14. So you 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 have a lot of opportunities to pick guys, but you also have a lot more flexibility to move, in particular in the first and second round. If there's somebody out there that you really want to go up and get. You 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 you've got the flexibility now. Now you know. You, now you say, well, okay, maybe if we lose one of those first round picks because we're moving up to get somebody else, we we've, we've answered a lot of other questions that that give us that flexibility to do that if we're that committed to that player, whatever position he's at. You're right, Bo. I I think it's the quarterback. You know, if yeah, it's I, Tua, of course, yeah. If it's if it's Tua and you feel the need that. The Chargers are going to make a move, and you've got more firepower than they do. This gives you the flexibility to say yeah. we're going to we're going to package a couple picks and and go get our guy if if that's your guy. Now, if it's not, and you feel like you can hang tight and be and be in the same position with either or, yeah, at, at quarterback, then then you, you you're in a more powerful position in my estimation because you're going to get more players to choose from because this team has that many needs. Now they've shored up a lot of those needs, but I think we're done in free agency. I think we're right, right now we're, we're pretty much set in free agency. I think this, this organization went out and identified players of need, not only their talent on the field, but what they bring to the locker room, what they bring to the culture, what they bring in terms of toughness and unselfishness and setting tempo and smart football players. Yeah. They got team captains that, you know, they've got experience. They've gone out and really done a nice job of getting a cross section. And, and as a collection of bodies, they've, they've not only filled the needs that they're going to be counted on to, to be productive right away. Yeah. So I, I think that this, this team is in a good position now, better than they were, two weeks ago to, to head into the draft saying we've got a plan a we've got plan b and plan c and yep. we, we can package these these picks and go get our guy we can stand pat and and maybe get our guy or we could even go back and get more picks yep. and still get a quarterback uh, that that you feel like you wanted in the first place so yeah. depending on where where their plan is they've got options you know they, they, and you know i, I like to use the term that they can be nimble they yes. can be nimble to move. As things go, and you know how the draft goes, John. It takes all it takes is is 
you know, one that, pick that turns it takes that it takes that yeah. second that that team that's picking second in the draft to take somebody way off the board that no one expected, and all of a sudden it's chaos, right? So, right. so, but, but, so you're in a if if those types of things happen, well, you're in a position to to react and to react in a, in a in a very strong way, in a very positive way, to get to where you want to be. You know, if guys start floating down, guys start floating down. You know, you you hey, well, let me let me. You know, let me let me trade this away and pick up another, you know, second round pick or whatever, and then drop maybe two picks in the first round and one of these other picks. You know, so there's really a lot of opportunity, and, and the Dolphins have put themselves in, in a in a really good spot, which John leads to leads to the question about draft wise, post free agency. Um, you know, just just you know, where where I I I think, but this is a this. Is, Probably a pipe dream, and, and and don't think that it'll it'll really happen. But certainly, it puts the Dolphins in a position where, uh, as you know, I think I think anybody that's that's read anything or, or followed this knows how how Mr. Ross feels about Joe Burrow. Right. You know, I, I remember seeing him when we were in Indianapolis, and they had gone to see I think it was when LSU played Alabama. They'd gone to see that game, and uh, I saw Mr. Ross in the tunnel uh, the next day at, at, in Indianapolis. And I said, hi, I said, you saw a pretty good game last night. And he said, yeah, I saw a pretty good game. You know, I said, uh, I said, you saw a couple of pretty good quarterbacks. He said, man, we saw really two really good quarterbacks. And he said, I like that Burrow kid. And so, so, you know, he likes them. It's kind of been out there in the public that he likes them. And, and you know, quite frankly, you, you're in a position right now. If, you know, if, if Cincinnati has any inkling about acquiring multiple picks to trade away number one, but I don't think there's another team that's in position to make that happen if if that's in the back pocket of, of Chris Greer and and Brian Flores as they go into into this draft. Well, I think you're right. I, I think the Dolphins are in a position if if you if you get a a player that or, or a team and an organization that wants to dance with you, the Dolphins are the team to look at because not only this year in 2020, but in the 2021 draft. They have a lot of firepower yep, and yep. they could go anywhere they want. I think Chris Greer was correct when he said uh, a few months ago when we had a press conference, uh, they have a lot of flexibility to do a lot of things, moving up, moving back, staying pat, uh, packaging things together and going up and and being able to be in that arena for a guy like Joe Burrow. So if that's their guy in Cincinnati wants to wants to talk, I'm sure I'm sure the Dolphins are going to put their best foot forward to to go ahead and make that pitch. But if it's not in the cards for the Miami Dolphins and it's not what they want to do and they want to kind of hang uh, in where they're at at number five or even hang later than that and and wait for 2021 to get their guy. They may take a guy, but they may want to go all in next year because that's how they feel. No matter what the outcome of the record is, they'll have the firepower to do that next year as well. So it's, it's all about, Building this football team, that was one piece of it in free agency. Now we're going to see what happens in the draft in terms of who who wants to make a deal out there. If there's a deal to be made, the Dolphins are the team to do that with. And if not, if they stand pat and pick their guy as a franchise quarterback and say it's Tua Tungavailoa, that's great. If he's healthy, let's take him and see what happens. But if they want to hang back and if it's Justin Herbert or Jordan Love yep. or whoever it may be, they're in, they're in a good position for a, as a football team, as an organization. They filled a lot of holes, and they're going to do that not only at quarterback in the draft, but a lot of other positions. Yeah, no doubt. And then, John, you know, the other thing I think with this free agency, when you know you've heard little snippets or, or, or read little snippets from some of these guys, some free agents, and, or their agents or whatever, and 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 you you keep you keep hearing, and probably the guy that that magnifies that the most to me. Is this is this kid Ted Karras, the center coming from New England, who's a, who's aware of, of, of Brian Flores, and, and really could have made more money to stay up in New England, but chose to come down here because, in his words, he likes what he sees going on with Brian Flores in this organization, and and, and I think you know you kind of get inklings of that as you you know see little snippets from all these guys that have signed, you know that that. Hey, I like what they're doing down there. I like the direction they're going in down there, and, and that's that Brian Flores influence. I think that it has re- that that I, I think it was not lost on anybody 
for a football team that was expected to win maybe one game, maybe no games last year, and to be able to win five games the, the way that they did and play as competitively as they did beyond week three uh, of the season, um, you know, it certainly caught people's attention. And I don't, and I think had this football team been been a one win team or a no win team or two win team, I don't know that we're looking at some of these guys on this free agent list and and, and racking them up as and putting them on the Dolphins roster right now. Well, definitely, Bo. It's not as attractive. And being on that sideline, I think that New England game really resonated with some of their players. To be honest yeah. with you. Every time Kyle Van Noy made a play, he looked over and he had something to say to the Dolphins sidelines. And I'm sure it wasn't uh, at, a, at a random yeah. player or random coach. It was yeah. with Brian Flores. Yeah. And I'm sure, you know, Ted Karras on the other side saw the, the way that that defense played, saw the way the team reacted to that win. Mm-hmm. You know, and Landon Roberts, he's a guy that another guy, he scored a touchdown out of the backfield as a fullback. Now, this guy's wearing 52 yeah. for New England. He scores yeah. – out of the backfield uh, right in front of our bench and goes in untouched for a touchdown. And now he's a Miami dolphin and he brings, you know, all that flexibility and all that tough and unselfish type of, of play that Brian Flores is looking for. So uh, there's, there's a lot of guys that were not only influenced by that last game, but influenced by the way the Miami dolphins played from the middle of the season on. Uh, They were, they were very competitive. They were, they were hard nosed. They played down to the last whistle. And if you improve the talent on this roster and have that same type of mindset from the coaching staff, which has changed, and, and, but I still think you're going to get from the, the, the lead's going to come from the top and it's going to yeah. come from Brian Flores. And as demanding as he is and what he wants and as clear minded as he is and how he describes how he wants his football team to play, I think you're going to get a lot of players and coaches falling in line and kind of going all in the same direction. Well, I mean, you, you look at these guys. You, you look at the list of guys here, and, and certainly all the guys from New England, no, no Brian Flores, and, 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 and I don't think Brian would have, would have been in cahoots with Chris Greer on some of these guys had he not known that, that when they brought him down here, they were going to be in lockstep with what he wants to do. You know, he's got not, he didn't he didn't go up to New England and grab and grab malcontents. Exactly. You know? He exactly. went up there. He went up there and got guys that want to compete, want to get better, and, and want the team to get better. And, you know, and, and even if it's at the expense of some of their personal personal uh, gratification or, or or some of the other things that they could acquire by going somewhere else. And and I think that's a testament to them. But but I think also they've done their homework on all these these other guys that they brought in. Uh, from different teams, Flowers and, and Lawson and these guys, and, and understanding that, hey, look, you know, we're, we're going to bring these guys in. We're paying them a lot of money, but that doesn't mean that, that practice and training camp and, and the season is going to be a – it's not going to be a picnic. You're going to be – there's going to be demands that are going to be pressed on you, and you're going to have to react properly to it. And, and I think that with with what they've done, and you look at these guys, I think they're all – Young enough, still got a lot of growth left in their games, uh, but I think they're all guys that are workers. You know, there's no, I don't see, you know, you don't see the the Mike Wallace's that we brought in, and the and, and the Indomitian Sues, and those guys that, you know, that they're 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 there to, to to pick up a big paycheck and 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 kind of enhance their position in in the hierarchy of the league. Where I think these guys are all us guys, team guys, more so than. Uh, than some of the personalities we've had wander through the doors here. Well, you look at the age, and I know this is the age of free agency where you want to be able to pick the right guys, not only that fit your football team, that fit your locker room, that fit your coaching staff, but the youngest guy, I think, is is Shaq Lawson. He's 25 years old. Eric Flowers, maybe 25 as well. But the oldest is Kyle Van Noy, I think, at 28, or maybe Ted Mm Karras. So you've got guys that are still going to be on this roster not only for maybe one year, but multiple years. And they're going to know what they're getting into uh, because of the type of coach Brian Flores is. So I think the the magnifying glass, I mean, you look at the landscape of the AFC East now, it has completely changed. Whoa. Not only with what the Dolphins have done, yeah. but look at the losses in New England. You know, yeah. you have the additions that Buffalo is getting stronger. 
the Jets trying to get stronger. The Dolphins definitely have, have improved as a as an organization with just free agency on paper. But boy, the New England Patriots have taken a couple of steps Ooh. backwards, yeah, and well, and that's going to be tough to that's going to be tough. Uh, you know, come September to all of a sudden have the magic wand and say we're we're the team that we were last for the last twenty years. Yeah. Well, look, you know, I mean, there's no doubt the AFC's up for grabs now. Yeah. It's a whole new, it's a whole new ball game out there. Uh, along that lines, John, you're, you're you're surprised at all by uh by the decision that Tom Brady made. I was a little bit. Uh, I think initially I had him staying out west just because I felt yeah. like it was a an easier fit. That's where he's from. It's where he grew up. Kind of yeah. going back home. It kind of fit the the story, the, the story of, of it, the end of his career. But when you add in the equation of Bruce Arians, the way that he's able to relate to players, the way that he coaches a football team, his experience with Hall of Fame, future Hall of Fame quarterbacks. Um, that kind of and you look at the the arsenal they have on offense with their yep. weapons. Yep. I, I wasn't as surprised, but I can't say Tampa Bay was leading in the clubhouse on my on my list. Yeah, well, maybe it's just because I've you know for me Tampa's always been a weird place. So, but but that's neither here nor there. But I, I just you know I I just like I said like last week I just expected New England to say, Hey Tom, look, we're gonna we're gonna retool here. We're gonna get you some receivers. We're gonna get you some weapons. Because I think that was his. I, I don't think, in my mind, and maybe I'm. You know, you can, you can, you know, contradict me if you want. Be, be my guest. But in, in my mind, I don't think Tom Brady took a step back last year. I think the weaponry that he had wasn't what he had before, and he was kind of he's trying to play with a, a broken down wide receiver and and two running backs catching the majority of, of passes for him, and, and and that that kind of that to me was was not. Tom Brady, that was the makeup of the football team. Um, so I, I yeah, Bo, you know them, what? His, I expected them to tool up and and, and have Robert Kraft kind of you know put his arm around Tom Brady and, and 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 somehow find a way to talk him into coming back. But boy, boy, was I 100 percent wrong in that thing. I think I think his cast of characters took the S off of his chest last yeah, year. No doubt. Uh, you know, I don't know if his skills diminished to the point where. He he was the issue. I, I don't think it's even close to that. I, I don't believe that when he was ready to throw, receivers even were ready to accept a pass right. because there was no window to be had there. Yeah. And, you know, you start getting frustrated. You start forcing it. You start taking a sack or two. You just have to throw it away because you don't want to take the hit. And it looks like it's on you. But the reality is I think that was a shared environment for the New England Patriots. And, there's not a dry in the house uh, down here in South Florida that that, that saw that either. <laughs> no, no. Uh, I tell you, it's 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 the 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 nature of the league over this year with all the quarterbacks changing. Uh, you know, Philip Rivers going to the, going to the Colts. Um, Teddy Bridgewater. Where did he end up? Teddy Teddy where where Teddy end up at? <clears throat> he went to Carolina. Went to Carolina, and and now you've got. Uh, uh, now you got Cam Newton out there looking for a job. I, I mean that that whole landscape of the quarterback thing. Boy, what what, what it, it, you you have to get your programs and find out where everyone's at this year. No doubt about that. You're right. You're going to have Brady and Breeze in the same division. Yeah. Uh, it's yeah. going to be it'll be interesting. Uh, what's going to transpire? You know, I hope Teddy Bridgewater ha- has a great year. You know, because yeah. he, it's well deserved that he gets back on his feet after uh, the you know that horrific injury that he had yep. to his knee and coming back and, and finding a place that, you know, a franchise is counting on him to be their guy. Yeah. So it's going to be, it's going to be interesting, but the, you know, the Dolphins still have some moves that, you know, we, we talked about free, you know, you, the, the free agents you sign uh, and then you talk about pass rush and, and you kind of look now at, you know, Charles Harris, Taco Charlton, you know, what, what's their position, what's their place in the, uh, with this football team. I, I, I don't know that they get, I, I'm, I'm quite, I'm not sure either one of those guys is going to make it to training camp, John. To be honest with you, well, it's going to it, it changes the way you look at the roster, and free agency went in a way it really leaned on the defense, uh, and and that's yep. where it needed to be. Uh, you get an improvement, uh, you add to the offensive line with two guys, you you get a couple of uh, edge pass rushers, you get a an elite corner, uh, you get an elite linebacker that can do multiple things. I, I think it couldn't have went better for the Miami Dolphins. 
yeah, there's still still uh, still a lot of work to do, but to try to get these guys in now and get them signed and and you know it's 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 everyone's going to go through the you know the, the thing about where we're at now with this virus and, and everything is that you, you know the off season is going to be different. You're not going to have guys in you know these OTAs maybe you know who knows what's going to happen with those who knows what's going to happen with when you can get your team together you know when you can start you know preparing for next season. Right, and, and you know it's all it's all what I was saying the other day. You know, it's it's, it's just it's, if there was wasn't for bad luck, the Dolphins wouldn't have any luck. It seems like you know you you get this plethora of receivers and you know, people that you go out and and you get in free agency. You've got all these draft choices, and you may not be able to have those in your building. Uh, really, I mean, there's a chance you may not have those guys in your building until training camp starts. That's true. I, I don't know what what the spring is going to bring in terms of. Adding any normalcy to our daily lives, let alone being able to get out and do your daily job at work. But you're right. It might be the summertime. I don't know if OTAs might be done uh, as a classroom uh, over your phone, over the Internet, uh, trying to install uh, schemes and and plays and and trying to stay in shape uh, on your own until maybe late July or, or August, depending on. Um, you know, what happens in the world, really. We're, we're at the yeah. mercy of a virus that uh, has no face and has no identity, and we're we're trying to do the best we can on a daily basis. So you're right. Yeah. Everything's everything's on the table. Yeah. Well, I think it's been, I think so far, so good, John. I think I think that as, as we went in and we've talked about free agency for the last couple of weeks or so, um, at least in my mind, John, I couldn't feel more, uh, I couldn't feel more uh, optimistic Um with what with what Chris Greer uh, is is done with this uh, with this money that he had this 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 bankroll he had in the salary cap to go out and I thought I thought it's been money well spent I think the personalities of the guys are bringing in fit what the what this organization is looking for we talk about the youth in this group uh, instead of getting those guys that have you know one or two years left and overpaying for them <clears throat> look there's a lot of money you know it's a, it's a new paradigm in the National Football League now with collective bargaining and so. It's hard to say what's, um, you know, you, you made Xavier Howard the, the highest paid cornerback in the league last year. That lasted all of six months. <laughs> and then, That's now, right. Now, now someone else is out there, you know. So, um, but, I, but I think with all that going on, um, my optimism is, is, is pretty at a pretty high spot right now, uh, having gone through this first phase of free agency. I think the Miami Dolphins, the organization as a collective whole, did a a terrific job in satisfying and going out and identifying needs on this football team and coming away with not only quality players, but it it looks like from all indications when you read a little bit about each player, uh, quality men uh, that that are going to, you know, work hard, that are going to be unselfish, that are going to set the tempo and that are going to be productive players in a Miami Dolphins uniform. And that's uh that's really encouraging on a team that was looking for leaders and looking for leadership and looking for production. I, I think this organization, you know, led by Chris Greer and Brian Flores did a heck of a job in going out and, and making this roster much better than it was. Yep. 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 Now it's getting ready for the draft and uh, wherever it's going to be, when it's going to be <laughs> time, time will tell on that. But John, one, one more aside before we, before we move on here, um, you know, it, it, you know, everybody's been affected by this coronavirus and, uh, you know, and everyone's, you know, trying to self-quarantine and keep away from and do all the right things so that this thing can come to an end as, as soon as, as humanly possible. Um, but just from my standpoint, you know, I, I, you know, I think everyone that knows me knows that I've been involved in the restaurant business for some time. And, and really over the last two days, anybody that's in the restaurant business, um, it, it's been really, really tough. Um, tough from the standpoint that, you know, uh, with everything that's going on, you know, we've been forced, we, including ourselves, every other restaurant in the country. Uh, you know, I was reading the other day that, you know, there are 27,000 restaurants in New York City. And wow. Every one of them has had to lay off staff. We, we've laid off, we had to lay off two days, for the last two days, we've laid off, um, the vast majority of our staff, hundreds of people that we've had to lay off. Uh, we're trying to hang on to some of our managers as best we can 
in this period right now as well. And, and, and I'm not speaking just for myself selfishly. I'm talking about the whole industry as a whole. Uh, you know, John Offerdahl's a restaurant guy. Bob Brzezinski's a restaurant guy. Uh, Bob Baumhauer. Uh, 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 you know, we, we've got a lot of guys that uh, were involved in that business as well as everybody else. And so uh, I, I just kind of reach out to people and while it's still in a situation where you can go to a restaurant and pick up or take out, um, you know, I'm trying to do it myself. I've, I've stockpiled, you know, I, I've like I've tried to you know stockpile enough food at my house. But until I get into that stockpile, as long as restaurants are open, you know, I'm going to kind of try to continue to patronize them. Uh, and, and I'm not not talking about just mine. I'm talking about other people's restaurants to 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 try to allow them to stay open as long as possible and to keep as many employees as they can uh, on their payroll. And, and I would urge everybody out there to do the same. And, and, and look, not, not just in the restaurant business, but, you know, uh, there, there's a, there's a, there's a, you know, there's hundreds of thousands of employees that are losing their jobs over this thing. If there's some way you can go out and do something that would help, one or two people keep their job. I urge you to go out and and and, and try to try to help out. Just uh, imagine the situation because it's a it's a ripple effect. You know you you know you we we you know if, if we any business that lets one person go, you know that means that you know if it's a if it's a, a woman, you know she's not getting her hair done now. She's not getting her nails done. She's not doing this, and, and so those people are losing business. So the 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 the, the, the 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 massive effect of it is far reaching. So I guess I'm just kind of putting a shout out to everybody. Hey, if you, you know, if you can patronize people that are still open, uh, if they're restaurants, you know, take advantage of their, their to go or takeouts or drive bys or whatever, whatever you want to do, because um, uh, there's just a lot of people out there that are, uh, that are finding themselves on the outside looking in and, um, you know, you, you want you, you'd like to know that their jobs are going to be there when we come through the other side of this. So, well, you're right, Paul. Just, you couldn't have said it any better, and I totally agree with you. And uh, and I encourage everybody to do the same as much as you can because you feel for everybody, and there, you can't do everything, but every little bit's going to help. Yeah, you know, I've been trying to go. To, I'm, I'm trying to, you know, I'm on this kick now. I'm trying to do a herb garden, so I'm, you know, I'm trying to go to the the nursery every day because it's wide open, not a lot of people. You don't have to worry about. You know, distance, but I can go in there and I can go get some uh, some rosemary or some basil or something, and and, and you know what? It, it keeps me busy doing something, but it also helps helps the business to keep their doors open, hopefully for uh, for a little while longer. So that's all I would that's all I would ask of everybody. You know, help help everybody out is because there's there, at some point you're probably gonna need some help from some people too, and and you'll be happy when they've uh, they've stepped in to help you out. So. Uh, if you can do it, do it. If not, then, you know, just let's just hunker down and, and let's all get through this thing together. That's right, Bo. Can't can't wait to get out on the other side of this because I'm sure everybody's hurting. No doubt. All right. For John Jimmy, I'm Kimbo Camper. That's going to do it for the Audible. We want to thank Logan McCall for setting us up here. John's there. I'm here. Logan's there. I don't know where anybody is, but we'll be here again next week. So uh, stay tuned. Stay safe. Uh, do everything you can out there and and hopefully we'll be talking to you next week. Take care.